You are listening to the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Vaughn, episode 116, the solo series. Hello, hello, everybody. Cassandra Von Worsley here. Welcome to another episode of She Runs the Show. It has been a minute. As I said on episode 115, I stepped away for a week or so to travel a little bit, and it was interesting and fun and necessary. I I managed to really get a lot done, actually, even while doing some necessary things. And so one of the things that got accomplished over this last week and a half is a brand new book that will be coming out on Amazon this week. Many of you know that I love to talk and teach about focus. And so this new book, which is called Find Your Focus, How to Get Yourself Undistracted, Vigilantly Consistent, and Powerfully Effective at Achieving Your Life Goals. I think focus is the number one ingredient to whatever we want to accomplish, whether it is business, life, fitness, you name it. Without focus, none of it gets done. And so I've been wanting to write a series of books specifically on focus the way that I've done previously on fear. And so this is the first in a series. So be sure at some point later this week, it will be on Amazon. You can check it out at overcomingfearbooks.com. And you can look it up on Amazon, but it's called Find Your Focus. I will have it up on Amazon in the next couple of days. It was interesting seeing how quickly I could get that book done when I applied a lot of the principles that I teach in the Focus Mindset Formula. It it was great to see that everything that I'm teaching other people how to do, that I do on a pretty regular basis, works and works massively well when you really laser in. So... Find your focus. Super proud that it's coming out. You know, the last week and a half has been, at least in my life, I don't know about in your life, it has been eye-opening. I have, um, lots of things have changed and, and things are always changing, right? So change is the constant, but it is becoming apparent to me with each passing day that tomorrow isn't promised. Now I used to say that I used to say that at 20 and 30 and, and you go to church and you hear that, you know, tomorrow isn't promised. And, and on a logical level, you get it, but I don't think you understand how true that is until somebody close to you dies until somebody you didn't expect to die at a certain age dies at a certain age. And then you wake up and you go, Whoa, You know, and so there have been a few deaths that have happened lately that have really people that I knew, people that I didn't know, uh, but I heard about on Facebook or somewhere. It just has hit home the fact to me that life is very, very short. It's very short. And if we're spending today not living our lives on purpose, not doing the things we're meant to do, not a hundred percent pursuing what we know we were put on the earth to do. Guess what? We're wasting time that we don't actually have. And so I would just say, really take a look at your life today. I've been doing this for the last week or so. I've really been looking at my life and I've been, I've been doing some reflection and, and asking myself, have I been wasting time? You know, I've been asking, have I been wasting time? Have I been, have I been living below the level of my possibility? Have I been living below the level of my potential? More importantly, have I, have I really spent the last 
decade going after the things I truly want? Or have I been, you know, lukewarm going after stuff? And what I realize, and, and I'm continuing to do this kind of introspection, what I'm seeing is that, yeah, I, I'm really going after the things that I want, but not as if I truly understood that life is short. Not as if I truly understood that today is the only day I get. And so my challenge to myself is to live today to best, uh, to live today with that sense of urgency and yet that sense of peace and flow and massive action so that if today were going to be my last day, I would feel no regret about how I spent today. And every day is going to be different. Yesterday, I was exhausted. I didn't really do much of anything that I really wanted to do yesterday. But you know what? I was okay with it. Why? Because I laughed. Um, I had a good time by the evening once I stopped fighting that I was tired. So every day is going to look different. But I would say really look at your life and make sure that you aren't settling for less than you deserve and you are truly seizing the day, right? You're seizing the day because far too often, even though we say life is short and even though we, we, um, talk about the fact that life is short, we don't live that way. And I'm not saying you live today like time is scarce. You live today fully because today is a gift. And so it's a little bit of a, a game changer when you look at it differently, but nobody has tomorrow promised. And so for me, that's become really real in the last couple of weeks. I want to keep that in my mind. You know, it's easy for things to be real when a family member passes away. It's easy for things to be real when, um, you know, somebody gets diagnosed with something. It's easy for it to feel real in that moment. And then just like the news a couple of weeks from now, it goes away, it goes out of your mind, and then you go back to taking life for granted. I guess that's my message to everybody listening. Don't take one second of your life for granted. And if there are things you are settling for, if there are things that are not right in your life, look at them for what they are and ask yourself the question, where do I really want to be? And then dive in, focus, do the work, for however long it takes to get to where you really need to be. Because I think so often what we do is we, we know that life is short and we go, well, it's okay where I'm at. You weren't put here to live an okay life. And yeah, it may take you some time to get from okay to extraordinary. It may take you a couple years to revamp where you're at. Be patient with the process. But be all in in the process because today is all you've got. So that's what I wanted to say about that. I've just been having this real uh, moment and maybe it's being 40. Maybe it's, you know, just looking at the last 10 years of my life and, and asking myself, what did I do? What did I not do? What do I want to do differently with this decade? But it really is time for each and every one of us to seize the day every single day in the best way possible, in a way that's taking us to where we really need to be. And the thing about it is when you are not living your best life, when you're not at full throttle, when you are not living the life you know you deserve, there's always something in you that's telling you every day that you're not. And so rather than pushing that little voice to the back of our minds, we need to listen to that voice and go, okay, maybe I'm not where I want to be. Maybe I'm not where I need to be. What do I need to do today to get me one step closer to that? And then we need to do that. So 
Life is short. That's what I wanted to say. Let's get to the topic for today's episode. Why people who stress you seriously bless you. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I've been, I've also been thinking a lot in the last few weeks about the haters, the haters that, okay. So I, I've been thinking a lot lately about the haters, the fakers, uh, and the takers. I just came up with that. Let me write that down. The haters, the fakers, and the takers. Let me talk to you about the three groups of people. So you've got the people who are never happy for your happiness, right? They are not happy. They do not clap when you win, right? Uh, when you tell them that, and they could be in your family, they could be a friend, they could be at work, any number of places, but you'll find haters everywhere because people who aren't living their dreams, who aren't even pursuing their dreams, typically are haters. So you've got the haters. And the haters, uh, when you talk about your wins, they criticize them. When you talk about things that are positive and what you're doing, they're skeptical of them. When you tell them something that you've accomplished or you're working on, they tell you five things that are better that they've accomplished or that they're working on. So you've got the people who don't clap for you when you win. They're the haters. Then you've got the fakers. Gotta love the fakers. The fakers are the people who have the best Facebook and Instagram profiles on the planet. They are always wearing the latest Gucci and Prada and, you know, uh, going on the latest vacation. I mean, their lives look like an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians every single time. You never see anything but all of the grand, magnificent, amazing things they're doing. And meanwhile either on the inside or on the inside of what's really going on in their life, it is a hot mess. But that's not what they put on their social media. We all know fakers. And so they show something on social media that they don't actually live in real life so they can get the affirmation, the appreciation, the liking of people on social media so they can feel worthy. Again, this this hunt for external validation. Now, let me just say clearly, I've had people in my own family tell me that I'm a faker. I'm just going to tell you that people in my own family say, well, what, you know, what the inspiration that you post on social media, you're not really that way. Let me help those people out. I don't care what they think because the reality is, is everything that I teach and everything that I talk about, I'm teaching it to myself and I'm talking to myself as I'm talking to you, but I'm not talking about people who accuse you of being a faker because this is why we're talking about people, why people who stress you seriously bless you. I'm talking about the people who post all of these things that they're doing or being, and meanwhile, they're dying on the inside of their lives. So what they post is almost the opposite of how they actually really feel deep down inside. We all know fakers. They exist. They, and you know, to the credit of the fakers, let me say this. Sometimes people fake on the outside to help rebuild on the inside, right? So they, they feel awful on the inside. So they're trying to post to get themselves to that place on the inside, even if they're experiencing certain things on the outside. I totally get it. However, fakers are, are interesting people because they 
talk that way when you talk to them. They present that way when you're at a lunch meeting with them, even though on the inside they're dying. So they can never be vulnerable. They can never be open. They can never truly tell you how they feel. So you never actually really get to know a faker, period. You, you never get to know who they really are because their whole lives is, their whole life is a facade. So you've got the hitters, you've got the fakers, and then you've got the takers. Oh, the takers. You know, I don't deal with many takers anymore because I have cut all of them out of my life. I'm just going to say Ta my, my twenties and thirties, those were the, my twenties, I dealt with takers. My thirties, I cut them out. So I no longer deal with takers, but the takers are the people that, um, they will take anything and everything from you that you are willing to give. You turn your power over to them. You seek uh, validation from them. You people please for them. You're a human doormat for them. And then when you confront them on their taking, what they turn around and say to you is, you agreed to it, or you offered, or you said you'd do that for me. Those are the takers. I cut them out pretty much in my 20s. By mid-30s, they were done, gone, finished. I don't deal with takers anymore. And the reason is simple. My energy is far too important for, for me to be dealing with takers anymore. So typically the, the people who stress you are the haters, the fakers, and the takers. And so I want you to look at your life and see how many haters, fakers, and takers do you have in your life, especially in your inner circle. I'm just going to tell you up front and, and personal, you should not have any haters, fakers, or takers in your inner circle. Your inner circle is small enough that if you've got even one hater, faker, or taker in there, you need to fire them today. I'm just going to tell you up front. However, you may have them in your life. You may have them in your circle of friends. You may have them in your family. You may have them at work. You're not going to be able to avoid them at work. Hopefully you didn't hire them in your business. However, really take a moment to see who are the haters, the fakers, and the takers in my life because this episode is for how you can deal with them. So we are talking about why people who stress you seriously bless you. Excuse me, I burped. <laughs> By the end of today's episode, you're going to learn one, the three gifts difficult people bring to you. And trust me when I say haters, fakers, and takers are difficult. You've also got other brands of emotional vampires that are also difficult. So we're going to talk about the three gifts difficult people bring to you. By the end of today's episode, you're also going to learn why your haters help you stay focused. They really do. I mean, can we just have a gratitude moment for haters? The people who, and, and haters don't have to be vocal. Let me just say that. Haters can be silent. There are silent haters out there that never, you know, they don't attack you on Instagram. They don't contradict you on Facebook. But you know they're not clapping when you win. You know that they're not for you. You know that every time you post a win somewhere, they're hating on it, even if they never say anything. So just know that haters can be silent. They don't, they don't necessarily have to be vocal. So we're going to talk about why your haters help you stay focused. And by the end of today's episode, we're also going to talk about how to turn any amount of stress into massive daily action. So let's just talk about this. I have no idea where this idea came from other than it came into my head and I put it on my iPhone. Why people who stress you seriously bless you. I think we give our stressors, whether they come in the form of people or circumstances, way more power than they deserve and negative power. When in reality, the people who really stress you do seriously bless you. If you understand the meaning of, 
behind their presence in your life. So this brings back an, uh, an episode that I did a while back, episode 45, which episode 45 where she runs the show was called How to Know When It's Time to Burn a Bridge. And I did this whole episode way back when, which one of my favorite episodes of She Runs the Show, How to Know When It's Time to Burn a Bridge. And I talked about the quote in episode 45 that says, May the bridge I burn light the way. May the bridge I burn light the way. You know, sometimes you got to burn bridges. I am really good at burning bridges. I'm just going to tell you. And <clears throat> some bridges I've burned and I really probably shouldn't have burned them. And other bridges I've burned and I was like, I should have burned that bridge five years ago. <laughs> but let me just say that there are times when you need to burn the bridge between you and another person because that other person is so toxic to you that keeping them even at a distance in your life is not good for you. That doesn't happen a lot. I'll say that. That that's not that should not be every relationship you have where you just completely sever ties with somebody. But there are some, uh, even family relationships, where you need to burn the bridge and light the way. But for the most part, we're not going to burn our bridges between us and other people. However, you got to know how to take other people. You, know, you have to know how to deal with other people, especially when they're haters, fakers, or takers. And so let me talk first about, because people who stress you do seriously bless you. They, they strengthen you. They give you the opportunity to see what you really believe is possible, what you know to be true, and what you're choosing to do, whether people are on board with you or not. So there's a lot of blessing with people who stress you. I want you, if you don't currently see the people who are stressing you in your life as blessings, I want you to begin to shift that belief because let me tell you what, your greatest blessings will come in the form of the most difficult people in your life. Own that. Like they are blessings, whether they feel like blessings in the moment or not. And so let's talk about the three gifts difficult people bring to you. Gift number one Difficult people, whether they're haters, fakers, takers, or some other form of emotional vampire, difficult people, the first gift they give you is clarity. Clarity. Diff you know, the people who stress you give you so much clarity because they show you, they help you experience what you really don't want. So then you get super clear on what you really do want, who you want to be, you know, what you're willing to put up with, what you're not willing to put up with who you want in your space, who you don't want. Anytime somebody is stressing you, can you just take a moment and go, oh, this is clarifying for me. This is clarifying for me that I really don't like this person. And I really don't like the way they act in this way and that way. And what I really want instead is this, this, and this. And it would feel like this, this, and this. The people who stress you, they bless you with the gift of clarity. They help you to see clearly what you do want, what you don't want, what your standards are, what you, who you want to be around, what energy you want to bring into the space, what energy you, they just give you so much clarity about what is working and what is not working and what needs to change. So the first gift that difficult people give you is clarity. The second gift that difficult people bring you is resiliency, grit tenacity. So when you're in the presence of difficult people, you got to do one of two things, right? Because there are some difficult people you can sort of go, I'm going to keep you at a distance and only see you for Thanksgiving or Christmas. 
But there are some difficult people that you have to deal with on almost a daily basis. Work, for example. Um, you might have an assistant that you've hired who is a fabulous assistant, but their energy is just, ugh. There, you might have a vendor. You might have a client. I mean, I'm just going to say, if you have a client that is draining your energy, you need to fire them. But that's a whole other episode. The second gift that difficult people bring to you is resiliency. And in the sense of when you're in the presence of difficult people, you either have to learn to protect and conserve your energy, or you have to be willing to give up your power and your energy. There's no on the fence in this one. You either learn in the presence of difficult people how to, and, and really, let me just say this, in the presence of difficult people is the only way you're actually going to train your energy conservation and direction capabilities. I always visualize this as being a Jedi Knight with a lightsaber and lightsabering myself and lighting myself and putting an invisible force field. The only way you're ever going to know how much you control your own power and energy, how much you protect your energy, the only way you're ever going to know how powerful you are is in the presence of people who challenge your power, who try to steal your energy. If, if all you're surrounded by are people who love you, adore you, just, you know, the, if all you're surrounded by are the kumbaya people, you're never going to train your energy. You're never going to train yourself in protecting that energy. You are not going to do that because training happens when you are presented with resistance. Training happens when you have an opponent. Training occurs when you are faced and put in difficult, challenging situations. So the second gift that difficult people bring you is resiliency, the training ground where you can develop it. So next time you're in the presence of a difficult person, just say to yourself, oop, here's my Jedi Knight moment. Where's my lightsaber? Light yourself up and put it all around you. And I can tell you there have been times when I've done that really well. And there have been times when I have just allowed other people to suck the energy and the life force right out of me. And both have been great teachers. Both have shown me where I need to protect my energy better, but also they, they've prepared me for the next time. Because there is going to always be a next time. You are going to be faced with difficult people. Some you see coming, some you don't. And so it reminds me that when I'm in the presence of someone who is difficult for me, I say to myself, oh, here comes the training ground. Where's my, where's my lightsaber? Where's my Jedi? You know, and it reminds me, I used to not appreciate those opportunities. I used to be like, why me? And why this? And I play the victim. And now when I get in those situations, I go, oh, here we go. Training time. Workout time. Let's, let's, let's see how I've developed my ability to protect my energy. So the second gift is resiliency. The third gift that difficult people bring to you is purpose. So I hope you've got your purpose. But the thing I love about difficult people is that difficult people show me who I don't want to be. And they help me get even more clear and even more focused on where I'm going in my life and with my life. And I understand that when I take myself to a new level, those difficult people have to climb in order to meet me there or I leave them behind, which works out either way. 
So the third gift that difficult people bring to you is purpose because they help you laser in on where you want to be, what you need to get there, and you you just get moving in another direction. A, because you don't want them to be with you on the next level. And B, because you know that you attract based on who you are. You also attract others who want what you have. So let me just be very clear. I used to hear a lot where people would say, well, we attract who we are. I agree with that to a certain extent. But I'm also going to say, sometimes we attract people who are attracted to what we have so they can emotionally pull it from us. It's not always you attract who you are. Sometimes you attract what other people are jealous of and what they want. I just wanted to put that out there because some people think, They've got crappy people in their lives and they wonder, you know, is, is this because it's ref- a reflection of me? It could be, but it could be, it could also be that you, you don't have great boundaries. And so you let anybody and everybody on the inside and you're letting people in who are attracted to you because they want what you have. And then they come into your life and they steal it from you. Now you're letting all of that happen. I'm just saying, let's have ownership. But it's not always or simply that you attract who you are. Side note, but I wanted to make sure I said that because a lot of people are teaching that the reason why bad people come into our lives is because it's reflecting to us who we are. Bullshit. Bullshit. Sometimes that's the case. Other times we don't have great boundaries. We don't have high standards and we attract people who want what we've got and then they yank, they pull it from us and we allow it. We allow it. Just needed to say that. Cause some, somebody listening to this needed to hear that just so you don't go around blaming yourself for the crappy people in your life and think that it's because of who you are and not because of what you allow. There's a difference between who you are and what you allow, which by the way, let me write that down. Um, because I need to do a whole episode on the difference between who you are. I'm writing as I'm talking to you and what you allow. I need to cover that. That's a whole other episode we'll talk about in the future, probably next week. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> focus. Back. See, I teach focus and then I have a shiny object syndrome moment. And as you can see, I teach what I need to learn as well. So those are the three gifts that difficult people bring to you. They bring to you the gift of clarity, the gift of resiliency, and the gift of purpose. Now, why your haters help you stay focused. My haters help me stay focused. You know, it's funny. I I have, for the most part, quiet haters, but I have a few really loud haters. And because I'm now 40 and I really just don't give a flying you-know-what about what other people think most of the time, I mean, sometimes I do. I think I think it's hard to not care about what your parents think. I think people who say that they don't on any level care about what their parents think of them. I don't know that I believe them because as much as I'm very internally driven by who I am and what I want, I can tell you there there's hurt around um, what my parents think of me or don't think of me. I think there, there always will be to a certain extent. I don't know that you ever get over the emotional cuts from people who gave you life or raised you. I don't know that you do. I can't answer that question for everybody. I don't, I don't know that I have. So I say all that to say that when you have people in your life, when you have haters, I'll even include the fakers and the takers in this one. 
they help you stay focused. And Dr. Steve Mirabelli had this quote that said, new levels bring new devils. Stay unapologetically committed to your goals and let go of anyone who poisons your spirit. I'm a total believer in what Dr. Steve Mirabelli says. Stay unapologetically, meaning I'm not apologizing for who I am or what I want or what I'm going after. Stay unapologetically committed to your goals and let go of anyone who poisons your spirit. Anybody who's poisoning your spirit, let, can I just add this in there? You need to let them go. You need to let them go, even if they're in your family. Can I just drop the mic, even if they're in your family? Uh, you know, if you live in the same house with them, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> I'm, uh, go see a shaman, get the home clear, do the best you can with what you got. I'm just going to drop the mic on that one. It's a tough situation when um, you're, you, let's say you live in the house with your sister and your sister's an emotional drain, or you have a spouse and they're an emotional drain, or you have children that are adult children who live with you and you're starting a business at 65 and there's like mom or dad, you can't really do this. The in your house thing is tough. I would say go see a shaman, clear the home constantly, sage all the time, do what you got to do. But here's the thing about haters and how they help you stay focused. They, knowing that there are people out there who don't want to see you win, who do, are not clapping for your success, who are talking about you behind your back, who in your family are talking about you behind your back. I got those two. I'm just saying. Um, they really force you to decide what you believe about who you are, what you want, and who you're listening to. I think it is far, it's much more difficult to listen to your own inner knowing when you have people who are sort of for you and sort of critical of you, but they're kind of supportive of you. So they reel you in with their sort of support, but then they also criticize you at the same time and call it, they're just giving you advice. I think it's much harder to get clear and focused when you've got those kind of on the fence people in your life. But when you got haters in your life, when you got people who you know, when you win, they don't clap. You know, when you win, they're feeling jealous. They help you get super clear clear on what is important to you, what you're choosing to believe, whose opinion you're paying attention to, and who you're listening to. Because they are so polarized, they help you get focused and polarized on what is true for you. They help you get very clear on what you believe is possible for you. I, You know, they, and they also show you how much true self-confidence you've got. Cause you know, if every time a hater comes out or doesn't come out, every time a hater supports you or, you know, or says something negative to you, your self-esteem, you know, falls to the ground. That tells you where your true self-confidence actually is, which also gives you a baseline, which also tells you what you need to build. So haters help you stay focused because they are so polarized when it comes to you that you got to get immediately clear on what you believe is true for you. And you get an immediate sense of whether or not you are who you say you are and you believe what you say you believe because you respond to that polarized point of view from the haters. So they help you stay focused. They also remind you that you always have the option to be exactly who you are, going after exactly what you want, no matter what they have to say. You know what I love about haters is if they're hating on me, that means they're not in their own lives handling their own business. So it just lets me know that I can just, I can do me. 
Because if I'm doing me, I don't have time to hate on you. If I'm doing me, I don't really have time to be up in your business worried about what you're doing or not doing. And so it also helps me from the standpoint that if I find myself criticizing somebody else, and we all have critical moments, if I find myself criticizing somebody else or judging somebody else, I have to stop for a second and say to myself, whose business are you in? And if you're in anybody's business but your own, then that means you're not actually handling your own business. So get back into your business. This is how I talk to myself when I'm having get it together talk to myself. But again, they help you stay focused. Now, I want to talk about how to turn any amount of stress into massive daily action because you know I teach about focus. So the thing I want people to understand is today is the only day you've got. So today is the day when you need to be taking massive daily action and your MDA, your massive daily action, you know what that is. You know when you hit it. You know when you've done it. I do not need to outline for you in your business what massive daily action looks like. And you know when you're living below it and you're operating below it. So, and a lot of, a lot of us use the people who stress us as the excuse for why we're not taking massive daily action, which is why I want you to understand the people who stress you, they seriously bless you if you're using that as leverage. So how do you turn any amount of stress into massive daily action? Because that's the goal in business at the end of the day, right? Like at the end of the day, there may be people who dislike me, who don't want to be around me, who have nothing but bad things to say about me. But if I can take all of that negativity and I can turn it into massive daily action, then I won. Then I'm winning. So here's how you turn any amount of stress into massive daily action. Remember that the stress is the test. I, I think this is really important. There, there's a whole bandwagon of people today who are saying things like, well, I don't want to see life as a test and a trial. And, you know, God is testing me. I want life to be about ease and flow and it all works out. Here's the thing. I, I, I totally understand where, where, where my lovely vision board law of attraction people are coming from. And I subscribe to much of that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Part of attracting all the things that you desire is becoming the person who can. And becoming the person who can means you are not only a bringer of peace, but you're a warrior of power. Both can exist in the same body and at the same time. And so all of these people are like, well, I don't want to look at my life like it's a test and it's a struggle. Here's the thing. There's joy in doing hard. There's bliss in building muscle. There's excitement in having a test that you get an A on. Do you know what I mean? Like, Maybe nobody else was all about A's growing up, but I was all about A's. And I loved a test. And then I'd see a 98, 99, 100%. Because you know what that showed me? That showed me I did the work. And I produced the result. So when you understand that the stress from other people is the test, and really it's your training ground. Ooh, there goes my, um, there goes my, what's, what's this thing called? Alexa. I just tipped Alexa over. Okay. So when you have a moment where you go, this is my training ground. This person who is testing my nerves, my patience, who is bug, who has triggered me emotionally. Uh-oh, I'm in the training ground of becoming the warrior of my life. I'm in the training ground of being calm is my superpower, handling my business and not paying attention to what they think about me. Boom. Here's the question. When you get stress from other people, are you developing 
or are you battling? Do you see the difference? Like you're still a warrior in the arena. But when somebody else is testing your nerves, are you developing? Are you training? Or are you battling? There's a difference. Can you develop in the midst of a storm, especially when the storm is somebody else? That's the question you want to ask. You also want to ask the question, can I grow in an environment where the only thing other people are giving me is shade? Ooh, what? See, a lot of us want to only grow in environments where people have become sunlight and soil and water and nutrients. Here's the thing. You're not always going to be in an environment where people are sunlight and water and nutrients and soil. Can you grow in an environment where the only thing other people are giving you is shade? Because here's the thing. You will never sustain success if the only environment you grow in is the optimal one. Did you hear that? You're never going to be able to sustain success in life or business if the only environment you can grow in is an optimal one. I had to learn this one the hard way. Let me just say that. I grew up in an environment where uh, my mother affirmed me completely. I mean, my mother just best thing, best thing ever. You're the best. You're the greatest. You're, you know, you name it. And that was good. But I was not prepared for still knowing that I was the best and still showing up as the best even when I was in an environment where nobody affirmed me and nobody told me I was amazing. And nobody, I, I, it took me a long time to learn how to give that kind of affirmation to myself and believe it and receive it and operate from it, even if nobody else in my life thought that of me. And boy, did I get experiences where I had to learn how to grow in the shade. And so when you get stress in the form of other people, just remember, this is a shade growing moment right here. Whatever this person is saying, whatever they're, this is a shade growing moment. Can I grow in an environment where the only thing other people give me is shade? Boom. There it is. You don't want to be surrounded, especially in your inner circle, by people who only pat you on the back. If you are in an inner circle with folks and the only thing they do is tell you how amazing, wonderful, awesome, and they don't call you on your shit. You are in the wrong circle. You need people who are going to tell you the truth, give you the truth, even if when you don't like it, and who give you the discernment to know the difference between the people who love you and tell you the truth and the people who are hating on you and want you to believe a lie. They might be saying the same things, but they're coming from two totally different places. And you got to be able to discern the difference between those two groups because one should be in your inner circle and the other one should be cast out if they're in it. I digress. So how to turn any amount of stress into massive daily action? When people stress you, you want to really focus in the moment when you're dealing with them on what do I really want? In a situation like this, what do I really want? What is this showing me about what I really want in terms of connection, relationship. Because if this is not what you want, then you need to decide A, what you do want, and B, how you're going to get that. And you need to go over that. If this is not where you plan to be, 
dealing with the nonsense from other people that you're dealing with, what actions are you going to take in this very moment to get to where you need to be? That's the real thing. Lots of people get stuck, and I have moments of this too, so I'm raising my hand right with you, where you go, why me? Why this? Why now? I mean, we all have our victim moments, right? We all have our moments where we're like, how could this be happening to me and why? And, you know, I've done all of that soap opera stuff. You know what I'm saying? I've done the Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, Another World, As the World Turns, Bold and the Beautiful, Young and the Restless, nonsense. But there comes a moment where you've got to say, if I don't like this, then what am I doing today to be done with this? Because it's not up to them to change. They may never change. It's up to me to change where I am, how I'm thinking about this, what I'm doing about this, and who I'm becoming. Because when I change me, everybody in my life changes. They either change or they go. Two things. They either change or they go. So what actions do you need to take to turn this situation around? Not to change them. A lot of us do this whole thing of, well, if they would just change, then I would be happy. Uh Uh-uh. Doesn't work that way. You get to be happy in any moment you decide to be happy, whether they're happy or not. But if you want different in terms of the people who are stressing you, then you've got to be different. You've got to do differently. So what action are you taking to get you where you need to be? Answer that question and you will be back into massive daily action. As I said before, take the stress and use it as training. You know, one of the things I do pretty consistently when I'm dealing with people who stress me is I remind myself, ooh, this is what I say to myself, literally. Ooh, this is where I find out who I really am. You know, I get into a moment where I get emotionally triggered, you know, and everybody has their triggers, right? EQ. Everybody has their triggers. I get to a moment where I get emotionally triggered and somebody triggers me and I just, I want to fly off the handle. We all have those moments. And I go, ooh, this is where I find out who I really am. It's in this moment when I just want to go the hell off. It's in this moment where I just want to rip into this person verbally. It is this moment where they have triggered me and I just want to just can't even talk about it. This is where I find out who I really am. And when you remind yourself of that in the moment that you're dealing with somebody who's stressing you, when you say to yourself, okay, character's what you do when nobody's looking. This, it's not when people affirm you that your character shows. It's when people act a fool on you. This is where you find out who you really are. Here's the test. Let's see what I do next. Let's see who I really am. Because when I get triggered, that's when the real me comes out. So I, I like to say that to myself so that in the moment, I really own any response that I give. And I don't have the room to blame my response on how somebody else is behaving. Because it's never about how somebody else is behaving. It is how I react to how they behave. And in any moment, I can make calm my superpower and I can calm my butt down and I can respond from a place of clarity or I can calm down and say, you know what? I'm not going to engage with you right now because I need a moment to get to my highest place of power. Then I'll come back and we can have this conversation. But for right now, I'm not going to do this with you. Sometimes you say that to the other person. Sometimes you don't. You just walk away. But, you know, do what you got to do. Turning any amount of people's stress into massive daily action 
is understanding the training ground and the opportunities that are presented. It really is understanding that you always get to choose. You always get a vote. You decide how you respond. And in the midst of being emotionally triggered, this is your best training ground. This is where you learn to make calm your superpower. This is where you learn how to be your most powerful self, even when triggered. Until you can be your most powerful self, especially when triggered you will not truly know your power. It's easy to be powerful and calm and peaceful when people love you, when they like you, when they affirm you. But that doesn't help you grow. It really doesn't. And so I would just say, and here's the takeaway. It's not always easy to deal with people who stress you. I mean, you don't... I'm not always a fan of people who stress me. However... I'm starting to, and again, we're all a work in progress. I'm starting to really see those people as blessings. I'm really starting to see those people as they show me, not only do they reveal to me who they really are, which is helpful, so you know what you're dealing with, but they also reveal to me who I'm being in this moment. And they remind me that I have to take ownership of who I'm being. And if I want to, to live on a different level. If I want to go to a different level, maybe I want to go to a different level because they won't be on it when I get there. But whatever the reasoning is, it's up to me to do that for me. And so just remember, whatever you're dealing with, whether it's a client that's out of hand or a business partner that is flaking on you or a friend that, you know, only calls you when they need something or a family member who just, you know, never claps when you win, never claps when you win. Whoever it is, just remember that they are your training ground, that when they show up in your life, they show up for seasons and reasons, that you will only know who you are when you see how you respond to whatever it is they're saying or doing. And also, they're a great litmus test to see if you believe that you are who you say you are, or you, your self-belief succumbs to whatever they say you are. It's just overall, it's a great training ground. And you will never know who you really are or what you're really capable of until you can be presented with stress, until you can be presented with the opinions and the disagreements of others, and you can still be you in the mix of that. Until you do that, and you do that consistently, you know, you don't really know who you are. And, and in business, you got to be good at this. I mean, I can't say enough. The more successful you get in business, the more people are going to hate. The more you're going to come across the haters, the fakers, and the takers, the more successful you become. So it doesn't get less as you go up. You know, a lot of us think, once I get to this level of business and I prove myself to everybody, then they'll start to support me. Actually, in many cases, the opposite is true. Once you start going higher and higher, people hate even more. They find new reasons to hate. They find new reasons to knock you down a peg or two to, quote unquote, put you in your place. So what am I saying at the end of the day? Just remember that people who stress you seriously bless you. They do. Be grateful for them. You've got one life. Don't waste it focusing on the people who don't want to see you win, who don't clap for you when you win. Focus on the people who, who love you. And, um, and he'll tell you the truth in love and the people who stress you, 
appreciate them. Appreciate all that they bring. Appreciate all the nonsense that they come with. Appreciate all the drama and the things that they do. And just appreciate them because they are your greatest teachers. You know, the people who affirm you, the people who validate you, they're not your master teachers. I know. I I would have loved for them to be a They're not. It's the haters. They're your master teachers. The hard people in your life that challenge you, uh, they are your master teachers. So appreciate them. Appreciate them. And just remind yourself, when somebody's stressing you, it could be a boss, it could be an assistant, it, it could be any number of people. Just remind yourself in the moment, and I'm sure I'm going to have a moment like this today, which is why I'm teaching it. Just remind yourself, as they stress me, they are seriously blessing me. Who am I choosing to be? Who am I choosing to be? And then be that. And just remember, you're responsible for how you show up. Nobody else is. So own it, live it, do it. And as always, share this episode with somebody you know needs it. I'm sure you know plenty of people who currently have people in their lives who are stressing them the heck out. Even if they're not an entrepreneur, send them this episode and say, listen to this. Because honestly, once you change your perspective on the people who stress you, they do actually seriously start to bless you because you've changed your mind about them and you've changed your mind about you. All right, everybody, I will talk to you on the next episode of She Runs the Show and be on the lookout for the new book, Find Your Focus on Amazon later this week. Bye, everybody.